Watch Your Mouth Podcast, podcast about phrase etymology and why we say the things we say. I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. He's my dad. And she is my daughter. That's how that works. But you don't have any hair. I, no, I don't have any hair. And my she, hair's gone. I walked into the, Milo's apartment today and she has no hair <clears throat> on the top of her head. She has eyebrows yeah. and eyelashes and stuff. But. <laughs> yes, it's not completely gone. No, not completely. Um, although I will say when you're a feminine looking person with a shaved head. Yeah. You get weird looks. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you've done this before. I have not. Not not to this extent. I have had no. I've had short hair for a long time, but not this is shave. my first time having a shaved head. Yeah, I bet you get some interesting looks. Yes, the first day I had it, I went and got my second COVID shot. Everybody, go get your COVID shot. Yep. And the lady that was checking me in was like, "Oh, I love your hair." Why? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And I was like, that is a weird question to ask somebody. You've never met me. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? I wanted to. Good, good answer. That's, you don't you deserve any more. No. Yeah. Like, and so it's that principle of ask an awkward question, get an awkward answer. Fair and enough. I was really tempted to just say something really, really, you know, awful. Yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> well, I have this condition. And you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That or, you know, like... <clears throat> Well, my friend is, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. You can go a lot of different directions with it, but none I of them was, good. None of them good, yeah. and I was tempted to make her deeply uncomfortable, but I decided not to. You're such a good person. Because yeah. my brain goes, well, there's this goblin that lives under my bed, and he really craves hair, and so at night he crawls out and nibbles it off bit by bit, and he got really hungry last night, and now it's gone. My damn but goblin. The line was moving kind of fast, so I didn't want to hold up people's vaccines. I'm, did that really go through your mind in that moment? Oh, yeah. That whole oh, goblin yeah. thing? Yeah, for sure. Oh, boy. And you should have said it so earnestly. Oh, of course. This has yeah, nothing to like, do with the episode today, does it? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, my hair went to heaven. Your hair. And we'll get there. Your hair. Okay, great. I can't wait. <laughs> so, I have devised a new game for us. We like games here on the Watch Your Mouth Pod. Sure do. So I came up with a new one. It's called The Name Game. All right. I don't know if this one has legs to do again, but we'll do it at least once and see how it goes. <laughs> okay. We here on the Watch Your Mouth Pod love idioms, of course. What's what but sometimes here? in idioms, they refer to a person for some reason. Yep. And who knows who it is. Yeah. But sometimes this person is a real person that's being referred to. Sometimes they're not. Yes. So, I came up with a list of a few of these. One of them is refers to a real person. And uh-huh. I'll tell that story when we get there. The other three do not. All right. So, I want to see if you can guess. The options are... In Like Flynn. Smart Alec. For Pete's sake. And Heavens to Betsy. It's In Like Flynn. It's not... Good try, though. I thought it was with Errol I Flynn. know. That was kind of a trick one. Yeah. Because everybody... That seems like a pretty transparent one, right? Where it's it like, was. oh, that, that's that dude. 
Errol yeah. Flynn, who's a big douchebag and maybe yeah, not a great guy. Yeah, I mean he's yeah, yeah. very dead, but <laughs> yes, yes. there's those who are dead, and then there's mostly dead, and there's very dead. So we'll start there actually. So in like Flynn actually originates in the early 1930s, before Errol Flynn was very popular. It was a saying all along, oh. and it was kind of one of those rhyming slang things. That's how it came about because Flynn okay. was already a name, yeah. and so it was just oh, you're in, you're in like Flynn. It was just like a bouncy way to it was fun. flavor up your language. And then a little bit later in the 40s, Errol Flynn became very popular, this actor. And because he was a very well-known name and he was very popular and could get into wherever he wants, the two kind of became synonymous. See, that's what I heard. Yep. I totally, you said that. I'm like, oh, I know this one. I'm that smart. <laughs> and then you gleefully shot me down uh-huh. and I went Hold down in flames like a World War One biplane. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're, we're good with the flavorful uh, stories today. Yeah, yeah, we're about it. Delightful. So I'm glad that the, my prank worked. It there. did. Congratulations. <laughs> Milo won Dave zero. <laughs> but I will give you a second chance. Oh, so boy. between Smart Alec for Pete's sake and Heavens to Betsy, who do you think is the real person? Um, this is total guess. I'm going to go with Betsy. I don't know why. I'm going to go with Betsy. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with Betsy. Your wife, who is in the corner, is shaking her head. It's Alec. Uh, does Does Carol? Do you know what it is? For Pete's sake. No. Hey. <laughs> Carol. Carol's in the room with us today. So yes, we have we have a in studio guest who is not going to be part of the podcast, but we'll probably talk to her nonetheless because <laughs> we are professional podcasters. That's right. So we, so is it smart, Alec? Well, let's start with Heavens to Betsy. Let's do it, please. Let's let's get along with good old Betsy. This oh, is a weird Betsy. one. I feel like nobody really says this anymore. Do you no. say Heavens to Betsy? Uh, not often, but it's I certainly am aware of it. So it's there's a good reason people don't say it very much. It started in the 19th century, so oh. it's been around for a minute. Uh, it did originate in America, and the Oxford English Dictionary very strongly says that the exclamation, heavens to Betsy, the origin of it is unknown. They just don't know. It's a completely anonymous, there's no Betsy, there's no anything. But we do have very early examples of it, which are kind of fun, so I wanted to do it. Read them off. So the first published reference found is in 1857. Wow. In Balu's Dollar Monthly Magazine. I used to get that. Did you? Nope. <laughs> Got a big collection on your shelf? <laughs> That's right. From 1857? Yeah. So this is the first recorded instance of Heavens to Betsy. In quotations, Heavens to Betsy, he exclaims, clapping his hand to his throat. I've cut my head off. Ah, uh, there's so many problems. <laughs> I oh. want to know the context. He clapped his hands to his throat. Uh-huh. Which is, which is odd. They've cut my head off. Yeah. No, I've cut my head off. Oh! He's done it himself. Self-decapitation. Yes, and I'm... I really want to know the context. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find the 1878 issue of, or the 1857 issue of Balu's Dollar Monthly magazine. But that's a writer, though. Let me tell you, they captured yeah, your imagination. Exactly. That's a good first line to a story. Like oh, you want to boy. read the next one. My third grade English teacher will be proud. Yeah. What was what was your third grade English teacher's name? Do you remember? Mrs. Schwery, actually. I remember oh, her well because yeah. you were yeah she I was do. a standout. She had both my sister and I. Yeah, yeah she was yeah. An awesome lady who wrote a little Vespa and she spanked us on our birthdays. Yes, <laughs> it you got a snort from Carol if you might have heard that in the background. <laughs> um, you can't do that anymore. Uh, right, Vespas. 
Uh, well, she probably can't because she was like in her do late fifties at do, the time. Do whatever the hell she wants. That was a while ago. So I got a couple other ones from 1878 issue of Harper's New Monthly magazine. Did you get that one? No, I didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. Very against Harper Collins. A little bit. No, I don't think it has anything to do with her. No. Heavens to Betsy! You don't think I'll ever see a copper aware cash, do you? I don't know what you said. No, nor do I. Okay. <laughs> And then one more from a short story collection by Rose Terry called Huckleberries Gathered from New England Hills. Doesn't that just paint a picture? It does. Huckleberries Gathered from New England Hills from 1892. Uh, did you read that one? No. Okay. Heavens to Betsy, gasped Josiah. Betsy, as you see, is spelled with a second E. I think there was an actual Betsy in that one, and that's why it's like a different spelling. Unsure. But there you go. Rose be, Terry Cook. Be edgy Rose Terry Cook. Rose Terry Cook is a perfect name, too, for Huckleberries Gathered from New England Hills. I'm just very, like, enamored with that whole publication. we we got to find a picture of this person, I think, and I put think it on the, that's a good idea. On the, uh, the Facebook page. <laughs> so, it's the only thing that people can say of where this came from is it's just kind of a step aside things like heavens above or heavens and earth, those older forms of this. Sure. Who knows how Betsy got wrangled in. Sorry, Betsy. Is she happy about it? She didn't make any money off this. I was going to ask you, do you think you could invent a character for Betsy? What's Betsy like? Oh, Betsy? Um, Betsy McGonagall is actually her full name. Okay, that tracks. And she's Scottish. Um, her husband Interesting also... for an American phrase. Oh, yeah, I know. Is she an immigrant? Or... Oh, of course, of course. Okay. Yeah, she uh, she invented Scotch tape um, <laughs> because she was Scottish, so that's where Scotch tape comes from. You're getting a head um, shake from your wife. <laughs> no, I, well, that's fine. I get a lot of those. I'm making some... <laughs> Something up. I'm just riffing here. I, I'm um, into it. She had red hair. Okay. Uh, a, a bad temper. And um, as most Scottish and Irish women do, as I look over at my wife with red mm-hmm. hair and she's mm-hmm. Irish, um, I'll pay for that later. Um, <laughs> and she really loved mandarin oranges. Oh, because of the orange connection Don't with the know. hair? It's unknown. Okay. It's unknown. Mm. And her husband, she'd always be eating oranges, and she spent too much money on them. And her husband would always say, heavens to Betsy. Oh, because like he wanted to send her to heaven? Or what's he, what's that? No, because he was spending, she was spending so much money on oranges, and he wanted to spend it on alcohol. Oh, wow. And then they came up with this Troubled Mandarin. Marriage. Well, for sure. Is they came up with this Mandarin orange beer. Yeah. And they made a lot of money with Perfect. the scotch tape. Yeah, and that's yeah. how Fago started. There it is. Fago's alcoholic, if you didn't know. What? Fago has alcohol. I don't know. It does not. Anyway, what orange drink. You're... So there are some speculations floating around that it might be in reference to Betsy Ross. It might be in reference to Davy Crockett's rifle, which was named Old Betsy. But oh. there's no actual connections for this. People are just naming famous Betsies <laughs> and being like, that one. <laughs> Can you name a famous Betsy other than, well, any famous Betsy other than the ones uh, you mentioned? I cannot. Betsy Crocker. What? <laughs> we, it's Betty Crocker. I know. Did, uh, did you, what do you think? Would you be a proponent for the rifle or uh, Betsy Ross? Which one are you, uh, not saying it's either, I but if you had to I would say maybe David Crockett because, or Davy Crocky because... <sighs> Wow, okay, good for you. I would say maybe Davy Crockett, because that's at least a little bit more like contemporary with when the phrase came around. Yeah, so that I uh, used to get called that a lot. Kids used to sing that song to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I am not a frontiersman. I may look like one at eight years old. Molly used to sing it to me, too. 
Because my name used to be Katie, and she would sing, Katie, Katie Crockett. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. So I also was tormented with that song and did not like it. And that's why you killed her. And, well, yeah, but we don't talk about that because oh, that's, right. that's still in court. So. That's fair. My yeah. bad. My bad. So let's talk about for Pete's sake. Let's do it. So this is a little bit of a shorter one. It's more I wanted to talk about the concept of a minced oath because I just love that as a phrase. A what? A minced oath. Minced oath? So it's kind of like, you know, the whole concept of taking the Lord's name in vain, which is debatable anyway for the sake of actually swearing with the Lord's name. It probably doesn't actually mean that, but we'll get into that another day. Probably when we talk about profanity, I see your wife going, yee. So I will save that for her because that's a fun conversation. She said yee? I didn't hear the yee. Her mouth was wide. That's the sound that happens. All right. I'll go with that. Um, So anyway, so like minced outs are when, for example, in the case of Pete's sake, it's probably stems from for Christ's sake. Yes. But you're just obfuscating it a little bit so that you're not heavy quotations taking the Lord's name in vain. Right. Um, but Pete? Who's Pete? Who's Pete? Doesn't matter. Some people say it could be St. Peter, but there's not good evidence for that actually being a connection. Yeah. Um, it, but it might be that step of, oh, it's still something biblical and heavenly and Christly, but it's not, so not saying God or Christ or any of those other things. Doesn't sound as profane. Are there any swears that include Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit? Or is that no, too much of a not, mouthful? I yeah, it's it's got to roll off the tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think I remember hearing people say, "For Pete's sake, I have heard that." Yes, I, sound, I hear that more today than I do heavens to Betsy for sure. For me, it's always an old man. Yeah, <laughs> somebody who's over seventy, they're uh-huh. frustrated about something. They're not saying it ironically. They're mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, for Pete's sake." Yep. Why does your bank have to charge so many fees? I don't know. <laughs> I do think I got it mostly from my clientele at both Joanne and at the bank, both yeah. of whom were geriatric. <laughs> yes. Yes. Frequently. <laughs> Frequently geriatric. So we think the earliest noted instance of For Pete's Sake was around 1903. So early 1900s, it's a little bit more recent than Heavens to Betsy. Still feels very dated, though, right? Yeah, I, I feel like I do hear younger people say it more. Like, I've never heard anyone under 70 say Heavens to Betsy. I don't think so either. But for Pete's sake, I feel like I've said that before. Probably not often, but it slips in every now and then. You know, someday it'd be interesting, and I don't. There's no place that this exists. It'd be if there was a way. There's somewhere. There's a tally. Like this is the phrase you used most in your life. It was tall. Yes. This is how many miles you drove. This is how many. I love data. That so that so would be fun. like my ideal picture of heaven. That would be your. <laughs> it's called data heaven. <laughs> data heaven. I just get to look it all over, and then I blip into non-existence, and it's perfect. Whoa! There you go. It's very much like there's this very good book by David Eagleman, who I think you read some David Eagleman, but... I have, actually, yeah. I believe. Um, he has this very short book that's outside of his normal nonfiction. Um, that's like a speculative fiction about 40 different ways that heaven could look. Yeah, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, it's a wonderful book. It's yeah. called Some Tales from the Afterlives. And I believe the very first one is a uh, in that anthology is about... This picture of heaven where all of your life experiences are categorized like that and you live through them again, but organized. So it's like every time you're walking across sand is like you live all that in a row. Every time you're sick, you live all that in a row and like all the good, all the bad. And See, as you know, certainly I've talked about this before and I former pastor and definitely a believer in the Bible, all the, you know. 
not going to get into all that, identify as a Christian. Um, but I am not offended or challenged by other people's view of the afterlife. I'm fascinated. Yes. Because I'm like, we don't know. I mean, there's some very kind of flowery, high in the sky and sweet by and by language, but there's not a lot there. So yes, other- Bib- actual biblical descriptions of heaven are very scant. Oh, they're very they're very far and few between. Yeah, um, and even the ones that you will find in the Book of Revelation and things, they're probably more allegorical than anything. Or a drug trip, but. <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. Uh, John was uh, ingesting on the Isle of Padmos. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's an interesting point, especially because I feel like a lot of media nowadays is starting to explore those things. And, you know, especially American media, which is heavily Christian influenced, but not always, they're not always Christian stories. Like, so like The Good Place or like Soul, which came out last year. Oh, I like um, that a lot. Really, really good stories. Yes. And I think they have pretty universal appeal, even for religious people, because they're not trying to yeah. usurp any kind. They're not claiming that this is true. They're just... Showing a morality tale by saying, like, yeah. hey, if this was how it worked, here's what that would mean for humanity. Yeah. And here's what we can understand about humanity through this lens. Yeah, because we're all so, trying to figure it out, right? Exactly. So I really like this kind of new spread of stories that's just, they're a-religious, but they're still very important. And they're not they're trying to claim truth. They're, they're trying spiritual. To, they're trying to notice truths that are already there without yeah. Yeah, saving like, oh, you if you don't believe this and you're a heretic or you're wrong, it's this very safe space to explore some of these ideas. Yeah, exactly. And they can still cast for like I believe the show The Good Place, like cast a lot of really important truths about humanity and the nature Great of existence questions. and everything. Funny show. It's one of those things that asks a lot of questions, doesn't really answer them, but not everything needs to. No. Yeah, and sometimes the, the real interesting stuff is in the questions, not the answers. Yeah. That's a very uh Jewish way of thinking, too, of, like, yeah. question with a question and all that. Yes. Delightful. Shall we go on to Smart Alec? We should, because I think this is... There's really a guy named Alec? This there is really a guy named Alec. Wow. Yep. Tell me about Smart Alec. This is the one I would not have expected. because no. So I started this episode with just looking up Heavens to Betsy, and I searched it and was like, oh. There's nothing here. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, well, what about, you know, this next, for Pete's sake, like, that's another main one. No. no. And I was like, well, now I have to find one. Yeah. So I looked up, like, a whole list of, like, idioms with names and was scrolling through them, couldn't find, like, hardly any. We'll get back to Jerry Rig later because that's got a lot going on. And also it's Jerry Rig, but... Most people say Jerry Rick in America. We, yeah, that, again, that another episode. We're going to do another yeah. episode on this. I figured that. that would deserve its own yeah. thing because also it's a lot. There's a yeah. lot going on there. Um, so all that comes together at the near the bottom of the list because it's alphabetical is smart Alec. And I was like, this is not going yeah, to be anything. Yeah, this is a, this is a dead end. But oh, David Hiskey has proven me wrong. You know what I like about this before you get into the explanation? The name David Hiskey? Yeah, it's good. But I like that you took this as a personal challenge, almost like you were uh, uh, offended that how dare <laughs> none of these have a morsel. They don't have a Carrier Nation hidden in this I somewhere. I know. Well, we haven't had like a good character in a while. No, so I I'm just, Tell I, me I about was this. excited. Yeah. So David Hiskey wrote a lovely article for Mental Floss. Uh, and I am basically just going to be going through that because he tells the story pretty well. Yeah, you can't improve on him. We know that. So in a book by Professor Gerald Cohen in 1985 called Studies of Slang, which is a grabbing title. I would like to read that. Yeah. Um, 
they were able to kind of put together the story of a man named Alec Hogue. All right. But um, in the 1840s, in New York City, there was a thief and a pimp same, named Alec Hogue. Same person. Same person. All right. Thief and a pimp. Thief and a pimp. And is, is that called a thimp? Ragamuff. Nope. Uh, <laughs> A, a simp? What? You put the two that sounds together. that sounds too much like a simp, which is a you're, different you're, you're thing. Do you know what a too. simp is? I do, unfortunately. How, wait, okay, but I'm not even going to get into that. But yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to know, but I'm just like interested because that's like more recent slang in a way. Yeah, that, yeah. I know stuff. Anyway, you do know stuff. Um, I'm a peef. A peef. No. <laughs> a pimp and a thief. A peef. A peef. So anyway, Alec Hogue had a wife, Melinda Hogue. Uh, who had some customers. She was a lady of the night. She was a courtesan, however you want to say sure. it. Um, she entertained gentlemen. Yes. And her husband, Alec, was her pimp, which is a word we don't really use anymore, but in the time, was a thing. Okay. So, Hogue had a whole side hustle going on. So, he and his wife, Melinda, had a business of, you know, prostitution. But on the side, Hogue would steal from the customers sure. while she was distracting. Introducing the carnal delights, if you will. I I mean, I will, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> yes. So they started out with Melinda leading a victim to a dark alley, and she oh. picked his pockets as they, like, kissed. Okay. And then she would embrace him hold, and then hold her hand out behind him to signal Hogue, who was hiding. And then, because she would drop them as she was picking the pockets. Hogan, Hogan hiding, sure. And and Hogan hiding would yeah. then, once they left the alley, just come swoop and pick everything up. Now, is that a, that's a good band name, right? Hogan hiding. That's, Hell yeah, especially legit. with this like backstory of yeah. like crime and yeah. What's what type of music? Skullduggery. Hogan hiding. What is their what's their Hogan style? hiding. I mean, it sounds kind of Irish just because the Hogan hiding. Yeah, it's, it's Celtic. Sorry, I distracted <laughs> from the story. That's okay. What what do you think they play? Oh yeah, totally Irish folk. Okay, perfect. Uh, there's I'm no glad doubt. we're on the same page. Yeah, there's there's definitely uh, that whole vibe going on there. They <laughs> they uh, and you have to drink while you're listening. I mean, yeah, that's that's true. Of so a pint of Guinness. Pint of Guinness. Yeah. I did notice for the first time last night because we were watching a British TV show. With I was watching a British TV show with my partner, um, and it was interesting. I'm like, oh, they say pint, but that's imperial. That's strange. Oh. Yeah. Right. It could be a pint. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta say pint the right way though. Pint. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And they use miles, but I don't know. It's a whole mishmash of. Who knows. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so obviously after these encounters, a lot of the men would be like, "Oh, my stuff's missing." Like, uh, you suck. It's pretty obvious who did it. Yeah. But even if they reported it to the police, Alec was a pretty clever guy. As the name would imply, because he had some of the police in his back pocket. He was paying them off. Sure. Because, yay, people can be bought and systems have been broken for a long time. Anyway. um, (laughs) People like money, highly influenced by it. Yep. So, Hogue had some police officers kind of... You know, who would be the ones responding to these crimes? And he would just pay them off and sure, have them send the people on their way and basically say, like, oh, it's your own fault for engaging in this kind of business. Yeah, you really, you sure you want to be uh, reporting this? Uh, <laughs> what were you doing with this woman? Yes. Yeah. So, although I don't, that would be interesting to look into the legality of prostitution at the time. Because I don't know. It was the 1840s. So I don't know what it looked like at this at that time. Good point. But 
Anyway, so this was all going fine and dandy. They were doing good business. But the thing was, Alec had money coming in, but he also had a lot of money going out. He wasn't tending the books too well, and eventually he decided he wasn't going to give the officers their fair share. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Not so smart, Alec. So he thought up a scheme for this, where he... So they described this in the article as a panel game con, where Melinda would bring men back to her apartment... And then Melinda would make her victim lay his clothes as she took them off upon a chair at the head of the bed near the secret panel. So oh there was boy. a secret panel in her apartment. That's amazing. And then take him into her arms and closely draw the curtains of the bed. As soon as everything was right and the dupe was not likely to heed outside noises, Melinda would give a cough. Not, not likely to heed outside noises. I love the way this noises. is phrased. And this is quoted it's, from the original research from so 1985. So, so it's a little bit more dancing around the activities at play. (laughs) So Melinda would give a cough, and the faithful Alec would slyly enter, rifle through the pockets of every farthing or valuable thing, and disappear as he mysteriously as he entered. So it's like a little trapdoor and he would just like poke his little head up like a meerkat, rifle through the pockets and then (laughs) pop back down. I like it. (laughs) So sometime after that Alec would bang on the door and Melinda would make out that she was that he was her husband who had returned early from some trip. The victims would hastily grab their clothes and escape through the window. Oh, boy. So the hope there was then the... the in the confusion. In the confusion, they wouldn't realize they'd left stuff, and they would be less likely to report it because they'd be like, oh, I just left it behind. Like, that yeah, was an accident. It's not their loss. fault. Yeah. But I can't go back because then the husband will, like, kill me. Yeah. So, pretty smart. It's very smart. Of Alec. So his name was Alec... Hogue. Alec Hogue. But unfortunately, the police figured it out. Because <laughs> yeah, enough people yeah. still went through and they were like, oh, they're running a new grift and they're not including us. So mm. they were arrested. Alec and Melinda went to jail, but Hogue did escape from prison with the help of his brother. Not Melinda, though. There's no record of Melinda escaping jail. Like, Hogue just left with He's his like, brother. I'm done. But did get recaptured. So Aww. that's a life lesson to you all. Don't leave your wives in prison. Otherwise, you'll get recaptured because that's justice. That's karma. Justice, yeah. So local police, because he kept on running these things and escaping from prison and causing trouble, they did start calling him Smart Alec. Really? Yeah. That's so it's it started out there. And then it's thought that that term kind of evolved from there for describing any criminals who are too smart for their own good and yeah. just kept on getting themselves into more and more trouble. So it's very interesting. It was first noticed in print around 1865 as a uh, as a term, so about 20 years after the events themselves, and that was when it was codified and removed enough from the man itself that yeah. it became its own thing. So that is where we get Smart Alec, Heavens to Betsy, for Pete's sake, and the other one that I forgot, in like Flynn. <laughs> that one was so fast, it was just like a blip. Yeah, yeah. it was right at the beginning, because I knew it was the, it's yeah. like the... the first trap in the dungeon that you walk over and it's like, wee! <laughs> it's the entryway. It's the yeah. gateway drug. <laughs> no, it, uh, I'm actually someone asked us to do an episode on those types of names. Oh, well, look it's, at that. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even know that, but I You were there. You heard, you I, knew. I got it. I did say that I was psychic in the last episode, you so did. I'm proving myself correct. You are. So what was your favorite part of that episode? Um, I re- Well, just the, the phrase when they were too engaged to, when she, what was the phrase when she, <laughs> she'd give a cough? 
Oh, not likely yes. to heed. As soon as everything was right, and the dupe was not likely to heed outside noises. The dupe. The other part of the beautiful part of that is the, the dupe. dupe. I wish that was a more commonly used word we now. Br- we should bring that we back. We should bring that back. I got. I was showing you a prank box that I got, and I, I like to think of any prank suspect as the dupe. Absolutely. And then yeah. uh, we need... If there's got to be pictures, as many times as Alec Hogue had been arrested, there's got to be pictures. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I haven't looked up any, but I will. I will try to seek some out, and then I will write a children's book called "The Dupe of the Duke." Yes, that would well, be great. You should. That is just the about, plot of Moulin Rouge, but well, even so, I will just make uh, a children's book of that because it's very child friendly. Yeah, oh, very. <laughs> I can't see where anybody would find anything objectionable. Uh huh. Um, but yeah. Alec, Alec Hogue. Alec Hogue. We have Alec. another character in our rogues gallery. It, some, I bet. So sometimes you look at a picture, like mm-hmm. Carrie A. Nation from our yes. total episode, and you're like, oh, yeah, 100%. She couldn't have looked any more like what I wanted her to look like. Yes. I'm wondering if Alec Hogue is going to pay off. That's oh, I found right. him. I was going to say, it didn't take long. Yes. Oh, Correct. 100%. Hundo P, as they, yep. the kids say. Um, I am pleased with this. Alec Hogue looks exactly the way you want him yep, to. Yeah, there will be pictures on there. That is a really remarkable mustache. It is an, it is a right triangle with his mouth. It is Could just... You, but we're still... Carrie Nation is still our favorite uh, yes. character. Yeah. She was nobody's dupe, by the way. I'm just going to tell you that right now. No, but she made many a dupe in her day. No, that's for sure. Cage fight. <laughs> Alec Hogue. Carrie Nation, who wins? Oh, Carrie Nation. She's got hatchets out the wazoo. <laughs> Which has got to be painful. Which is probably what makes her so angry. Uh-huh. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Thankfully, they never lived on the Earth at the same time because... The Earth couldn't contain them both. Nope. There was also a lacrosse player named Alec Hogue, apparently. There's a picture of him, too. He looks like <laughs> a lacrosse player, too. He, he sure do. He's... Probably a lovely Very gentleman. square face. He looks yeah. nice. Yeah, he's great. Oh, now I want to talk about the square jaw exercising man but that's for another day we'll get back to that it's okay what okay (laughs) well that's a whole thing it's hilarious we'll get there that's a teaser for you to continue listening to this podcast yeah and please do continue to listen to this podcast please do and review us as you do you can do so on your listening platform of choice or on facebook also on our facebook group at the watch your mouth pod you can see these pictures we've been talking about and stay up to date on our release schedule which will continue to be weird for a little bit apologies as we go through some uh changes we sure will. We are metamorphosizing into lovely Texan butterflies. Or at least I am. You are. I'm going to stay in Michigan butterfly. <laughs> stay in Michigan butterfly. Yeah. yeah. Moth? Anyway, well, you can email us at thewatchyourmouthpod at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions. Anything else? Thanks to uh, Tony Gebhardt for our theme song. Yep. And until Tuesday of not next week, but the following. That's right. <laughs> I'm Milo. And I'm Dave. Stay curious and carry a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs>